Hi there, this is Joel with Overcome Evil with Good. All right, today uh, we're going to do something a little bit different, mix it up. I have in the studio, I have Kalinda Crawford. Let me just introduce her uh, real quickly. Uh, I met Kalinda in divorce care. Uh, she is was a leader. Uh, she still does divorce care for how many years? Six. Six years um, so far. And uh, this is something that sh this particular topics of toxic relationships, something that she went through as well. Um, she also went through a divorce. And so uh, I have her here today and we're going to be talking on the subject. Why does God want us in a healthy relationship? And we're going to have you. some fun. Uh, right now we're, it's kind of snowy. It's really bad outside. And so we're just taking some time to uh, do a couple podcasts this way. But um, so why does God want us in a healthy relationship? What's your first answer to that? Oh, goodness. I think that that from my perspective, um, you know, God as a loving father wants his children in a safe environment where they can grow. Okay. So that encapsulates exactly what we're going to speak about. Okay. So think about anything healthy. Let, let, so let's talk about something like I've been in houses where there's a lot of mold. Oh, Okay, I I happen to uh, work in an industry where I'm in people's houses, mm -hmm. and and I was in a lady's house the other day. Um, she was she was smoking. Um, I don't like the smell of smoke. I don't like breathing that in mm -hmm. uh, secondhand smoke. Um, she also had a lot of mold. Uh, it was an older house. Um, I didn't go down the basement. A lot of times there's radon in basements. Okay, so I, if if somebody were to ask. A person, why is it unhealthy to live in a house like that? What would you tell them? Oh, it's going to have a negative effect on your health. You know, you mentioned house mold. I am very allergic to house mold. So a few years ago, when I was shopping for a house uh, to purchase for my family, I, I went into one, and you know, we're checking from room to room, and there was a distinct scent that let me know that somewhere in that house was mold. But when we found out where it was coming from, when we opened a specific door and the smell flooded in, it was so pungent, so toxic that the realtor and I went running out of the house, left the door open, everything, and went outside into the fresh air. We knew we could not be exposed to something like that. It would damage our health. So uh, so mold, we know that damages our health. We know that radon, we know that, you know, cigarette smoke or any of those kind of things or a lot of dust. Yes. You know, where that place I live in is an older place um, that I am actually renting. And there's just a lot of dust around and it and it makes me sneeze. So my environment is not the best. OK, so. We're going to kind of tie this in into to why God wants us into a healthy relationship. So in order for us to be in a, or understand why, we have to look at um, the bad and we have to realize what it does. Okay. Yes. But we're not going to concentrate on the bad today. Okay. okay. So that's not what I want to do. I want to say that, um, you know, God is a, is a good God. Mm -hmm. Amen. And he, he desires for us to be in a healthy place yes in order for us to grow that we might fulfill our life's purpose yes then what happens is when if you're in a you know carbon monoxide let's say somebody left the car running mm -hmm. in the garage what's going to happen 
Oh, you're going to become very lethargic, and then eventually it's going to kill you. Yeah, li- literally going to kill you. I used to work for the power company. And one of the things when the electricity would go out, one of the things that we had to do is always keep our ears open for people that wasn't aware of these things. And they would keep their, um, they, they would put a generator and they would put it in their garage, right? And so it would burn off carbon monoxide. And they didn't realize a lot of times people die from that. Terrible. But now when you get into relationships, things get a little more sticky. They get a little more complicated, okay? Because now we're dealing with people now we're dealing with, um, as we deal with a relationship, you might be dealing with uh, a house together. Yes. Uh, bank accounts together. Yes. And and even the most ties people together is children. Right. So when you're in that situation, you don't want to, it, it's more difficult to get out of. Yes. Okay, so if I wouldn't have had children, uh, there's not a doubt in my mind that I would not have been in the relationship for as long as I stayed. Okay. Okay. Because I could see some very clear signs, but I thought I was doing a favor to the children by keeping them in the same toxic environment. I've heard this many times in divorce care um, where people say that they are staying in a relationship at least until the kids are finished with high school because it provided this continuity and stability to their life. And, and it's, it's, uh, it's interesting because, you know, I'm looking at it saying, no, you've provided them with a lifetime of dysfunction and then you're releasing them into the world, expecting them to live a functional life. And, and that's just like saying, oh, hey, Kate, you know, we're in a um, we're in a house right now that that has a lot of mold in it, and um, I kind of need to stay here while I'm I've got children. When they when they get older, and then I'm, we're going to move out. Okay? Yeah, because I clearly know there's a problem. Yeah. I just don't think it's the right time to deal with that problem. I might as well expose my children to the mold for their entire childhoods. Right. It, it makes no sense. If if we could see relationships in the same terms that we would see something like that house mold, it becomes a no-brainer what to do. You know, as I said, when I was in the house with my realtor and we opened that door, the toxicity was so obvious we both looked at each other and ran out into the fresh air. Okay. There are times when you exit quickly uh-huh. because it's a dangerous situation. Well, and so here's where it becomes complicated, Clinda, is this. Of course, you you know, is, um, you know, when, when you, let's say you had fallen in love with that house. You had no idea. Mm-hmm. And you went through all the energy. You took pictures of it. You showed. You went to the bank. Sure. You got your approval. You got And you didn't know this was in there yet. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you fell in love with the house. You fell in love with the neighbors. You fell in love with the whole idea of owning this house. Yeah. Now when you send an inspector in there, all of a sudden the inspector comes out and says, "Uh, we got a real problem here. And you're like, what do you mean? And he begins to describe the problem of mold. And you say, oh my gosh, but I told everybody I was moving here. I've already done, you know, and I've already got this investment in there. Now think about that with a a, a relationship, mm-hmm. more than just a material thing. It, it becomes your identity. That's my husband, my wife, you know, and um, and so then, I, but I have so many memories with them. I have children with them. Right. And so then somebody comes around and says, man, you're in a toxic relationship. You need to leave. That's a lot easier said than done. It sure is. 
and, 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 and you're still kind of married to the idea. You're married to the whole concept um, of this thing working out. Well, maybe if, uh, you know, a lot of times people think if I, if I just bleach it and if I just kind of cover up the problem, repaint it, and, and maybe this, the, the issue is going to go away. That's what we do with our relationships. Absolutely. You know, and we'd say, say with the whole house mold, there are some things that you can do. You can bleach and it will very temporarily remove the issue. Um, but that's going to come back. It if comes you don't back get rid of the quickly. source. Yes. And so what, what happens is some of you are out there that's had this, these issues and maybe you went to counseling or maybe they finally kind of apologized or whatever that looks like. And, and, and now we've done this now two or three times, maybe four times, maybe five times, maybe dozens of times. But you'll have little periods of extent of, of things that actually worked out and, and, and okay, things got really bad, but now they're pretty good. And, and, you know, anybody third party probably wouldn't say that it's good. It's what we usually do is like, we end up fooling ourselves. Well, and oftentimes what we think is, you know, progress, it's really pitiful, but it's what we can hold on to, to feel like we're actually gaining traction instead of just, you know, continuing down the, the rabbit hole. So as I've been doing this, it's, it's kind of funny, and it's not funny. So if some of you are out there, you've heard my voice directly speak to you, or I've spoken to you through, you know, uh, maybe messaging or something. But I'm like, you'll give me a scenario, and I will say, are you even listening to what you're saying? Like, if, if you could see this from a third party looking at, you're going to say, this is so toxic that that I don't even know where you think mm -hmm. this thing is going to go. Okay. Now, but guess what? I'm reminded how many counselors ended up saying that to me. Yeah. Joel, are you even listening to what you are saying? Are you even listening to the control and manipulation that you're under right now? What, what in the world and why we don't wake up to that is because we're still under a an illusion that there's going to be change. Well, I think we're desperately holding on to a false uh, sense of hope. You know, like we're, we're manufacturing a hope. We don't want to lose our dream. Okay. It's our dream home. as we've been talking about, it's, it's charming. There's something about it that we like. It's become the place that, that we return to, you know, we don't want to lose that dream. And so we're in a sense, convincing ourselves over and over again, that there's something in here worth staying for, okay, so even when there's not really, yeah, really what this ends up being is, is what I've talked about before. It's the word hopium. Sometimes we're more in love with the actual hope of change than the actual person themselves. Oh, absolutely. Be because, because sometimes you're just like, oh my gosh, I, I, I can't, I, I love that person, but I can't stand them at the same time. That's exactly where I found myself. You know, after over a decade of marriage, I found that I no longer liked the person. The person that I was with was very toxic, very difficult to live with. And um, I, I really didn't have feelings of affection for them. Those feelings were kind of beaten out of me for lack of better words. But, um, but what I did have was a passion for the title of married. I wanted married with children. 
that's what I wanted. And so I was willing to go to the ends of the earth to try to salvage that marriage, even though I did not like the person anymore. Didn't, you know, loved them as an individual, but didn't feel that, that, you know, relational love for them. I just didn't want to part with my dream. My dream was a label married with children. And that was very hard to let go of. So it's dying to the dream. Um, And and, in any kind of dreams that we have, whether it be business or whether it be, you know, when there's a lot of dreams and things that I've had about doing things that Mm -hmm. never came to fruition. And it's really weird when you, you think I could never give up on that. But sometimes when you finally let it go, there's a greatest sense of relief. Absolutely. And I think um, what what we're here telling you is everybody's telling, hey, if you just knew the future and how you're going to be free, like how that you're actually going to be able to live your life. Right. And not have someone accusing you, manipulating you, um, abusing you, um, you know, um, just all of that crazy eggshell walking um, experience that you go through Mm -hmm. Uh, and and people would try to get me to imagine and picture that well I'm in such level of carbon monoxide where I'm getting 10% oxygen that it's actually very difficult for me to even think about taking a full deep breath and it not actually doing something that's harming me Yeah, I couldn't even get to that point that it was very difficult for me to just picture walking in in open air again. Mm-hmm. And so I think that I, I want to explain to you and I want you to picture being in a in a horrible environment of smoke and mold and all of this stuff. And then finally, walking outside to a fresh spring air where there's a breeze blowing. It's 75 degrees. You can smell the um, the flowers. You can smell the fresh grass. You hear the birds singing. And you walk out into this. And, and, and there in lies health. And so it is with relationships. Certainly. You know, uh, as I was just saying, you know, I didn't want to let my dream die. I I stayed in that toxic situation just trying to hold my breath until the time that I finally knew, okay, I really can't hold my breath any longer. I need to get out of here. And when I did leave, what I found was that, you know, in my singlehood, there was a health and restoration to me as an individual that was critically important for me to go through to restore as a person so that my relationship moving forward could be healthy and whole. So in that in that time of singlehood, I actually found that I had tons of peace, um, the dysfunction, the insecurity, uh, all of the things that I struggled with that were my norm. I don't struggle with those anymore. That's not my norm. My norm is a healthy environment where an individual can grow. Okay. So thank you for that. And so I, I want you to think about what we talked about that you're going to bring up about the carrying on. I want you to think about that. You know, I'm talking about mm-hmm. carrying. So I want you to talk about that in just a second, but, but let me, let's go back to the question again, how we started off. Why we're doing this is why does God want us in a healthy relationship? Okay. Mm-hmm. God wants us in a healthy relationship because he has a purpose and he has a plan for every single human. 
okay? Yes. And we know this, that Jesus, God's son, came into this world to give us life, all right? He didn't, he didn't come in the Bible, says he didn't come into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved, okay? Yeah. So so a lot of people look at, you know, um, Jesus Christ, or they look at God as, as a, um, you know, I've had people tell me, Clinda, that, you know, God being toxic, that you got to only come through him. Well, you know, the reality of it is, is it, 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 we, we can frame that in there. But if, if you're going to call me, you're going to call me on my exact numbers. You, do you get one number wrong? You're not going to end up with my telephone number. Okay. You're going to end up calling somebody else. Um, if you want to email me, you've got to be very exact. And, and so with that being said, we know that God loves us and that God has a plan for us. And it is, it's not the fact that, and I think this is very important. It's not the fact that, that Jesus, you know, God is being so, um, exclusive, you know, by just being through him, that is actually a gift that look at it as a good thing. Why would God do something like that? Okay. And here's why would he, why would he provide for us a way of salvation? Um, and I, I really want um, just to touch on that a minute, but that's not what we're mainly talking about here but what we're mainly talking about is that god has a plan he wants to give us life and he wants to give it to us more abundantly but the thief comes but to steal to kill and to destroy and when we have these people in our lives what happens is this you're going about your your life right and you are living your life and you maybe you you have some you know plans in your life and then the enemy sends a person in your life, okay, or while they're in their life, infuses that person, however that happens, and they take on that and they begin to destroy your life. They they tear down your life. They, they start sabotaging everything you do. They start making you confused. Next thing you know, you're manipulated, you're controlled, you fear them, you feel obligated to them. You're, you're, you're uh, making excuses. You're telling them you're sorry for everything because you, because you have to sit there and keep explaining yourself. Yeah, you lose your identity ultimately. Um, you no longer remember who you are. Um, the unique giftings that God's gave, given you, you start to question. Um, you question confidence. Um, you, you become very shy instead of brave or bold. Um, you tend to withhold because anytime you put something out there, you're going to get um, an onslaught because of it. Yeah, so go ahead and share what we were talking about earlier. We were, um, we were discussing about... Um, apologizing and we were also discussing about carrying something carrying weight yeah so you know just like in a in a certain situations when you become ill um, say you have an issue with your thyroid or something like that you know it's it's a natural byproduct of something going wrong with your body that maybe you begin to, to put on weight um, you're carrying something that really doesn't belong on you it's the result of a, a situation that you found yourself in and in our toxic situations we also gather weight um, that might look like excessive apologizing um, it might look like false responsibility um, editing everything that you say um, being afraid to speak in the first place or um, you know maybe downplaying or minimizing things that are upsetting you because you don't want to aggravate the other person you know to cause them to get riled up about something I mean, there's so many different ways that this 
um, unhealthy weight of relationship can attach itself to you. But just like um, an individual who's struggling with a health condition, they don't have the stamina, they don't have the, the focus or ability to maybe run a marathon or something like that. You also don't have the, the stamina, you don't have the focus to run the race that God's put in front of you. All of that weight is actually slowing you down and preventing you, working to prevent you from reaching the good future that God has for you. Yeah, some of you are still carrying depression around you're still carrying yeah. um that that thought of that you feel rejected by that person mm-hmm. you feel abandoned like what's wrong with me and and maybe you know and, and it's all the things that they made you feel and so god wants us to live in freedom he wants us to live in a healthy relationship because he wants to see his children thrive and grow you know like for instance when you're talking it really painted this picture in my mind okay i have seen healthy people they find out they get cancer next thing they're on chemotherapy and when they're in chemotherapy they they're losing their hair it's coming out patches and they're they're you know usually get thinner their face and everything just kind of looks ashen they just kind of look and everything about them just doesn't look like they're healthy because actually what chemotherapy is is what it's a it's a poison yes. and it's killing a lot of things in there but what is what is great is this is um when that person gets over this cancer causing or this cancer um produce you know whatever that cells and things in there and they're no longer taking this uh, chemotherapy and they began to start eating nutritious nu- nutrition yes um, and they are taking vitamins again they're eating healthy and all of a sudden all of that collagen starts coming back their hair starts growing back and they began to look well healthy again Mm -hmm. okay so here's what we're saying no matter what you've gone through okay honestly no matter what you've gone through you can live again absolutely and you can be healthy again and you can you know grow your hair back again (laughs) you can put life back into your face again and and so i think that um I think that instead of being concerned and overwhelmed at the toxicity that you were in and focusing in on that, mm-hmm. hey, yeah, I get it. You were in that. Now you're not. Now go and live a good life that now you can grow, you can thrive, and you can bear fruit for what you were created to do. And would Anything else you want to add there? I think you did it. All right. Well, hey, you know what? Um, This is, uh, I thank every one of you out there just for listening. I really do. And um, I want to do a few more of these uh, things here with Kalinda. We might even get a few of them out here this evening and and, uh, look forward to some more to come. Um, But um, until next time, I want you, instead of being defeated, realize that it's not about what you can't do anymore. It's about what you can do. You may have lost a lot, and I get it. I'm, I've been there. But we're not going to concentrate on that because we're going to focus on what is ahead. We're not going to look at the things that are behind. Just like I've said before, the Apostle Paul says, forgetting the things which are behind, looking forth to the things which are before. So we're not going to keep looking in the rearview mirror. It's hard to drive a car looking in the rearview mirror. It sure is. We're going to look through the windshield of faith and we're going to keep pushing on. Until next time, overcome evil with good.